Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Say the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Got a couple of questions for you. Number one, do you believe that God has a great future in mind for you? Do you believe that God has a great future in mind for you? Number two, have you been waiting and wondering but not really seeing anything happen? And number three, are you even prepared for the great benefits, responsibilities, and wonderful blessings God has in store for you? Let me read that one. I want to ask that question one more time. Are you prepared for the great benefits? Not if you're going to get them. Are you prepared for them? Because God wants to give them to you. Are you prepared for the great benefits? Are you prepared for the responsibilities and the wonderful blessings God has in store for you? There, there, there's numerous verses in the Bible. One of them says that uh, God says, man, if you'll do what I tell you to do, I will pour out a blessing on you that uh, will overflow and you won't even be able to contain it. That's a promise from God and he wants to give that to you. But are we prepared to even receive that? See, what it is, is it's time for us to get legged up for that fantastic future that God has in plan. And we're going to start today a four-week series called Four Steps to Getting Legged Up for a Fantastic Future. Okay, now, now I know that some of you is like, oh, legged up, what's he talking about? What's he talking about? So, uh, legged up is a, is a cowboy term. That, there's a chasm there, isn't there? <laughs> Yeah, if I roll an ankle, somebody's going to have to come get me. Legged up is kind of a cowboy term for, for preparing your horse. And, and it can be applied to a, to a lot of different things. You know, um, right now, Fiona and Budhead, and, uh, you know, they're, they're, it's kind of the slow time right now. Uh, and so, but before, uh, before we start going and, and tagging calves, I mean, to fly out across the pasture all day, uh, throwing loops at calves. Other cowboys rope them. I just chase them down and make them tired so other cowboys can rope them. And, um, you know, in order to do that, I I've got to, you know, Fiona's going to have a couple of months where she doesn't do very much. And so before I go out there and spend all day running on her, I'm going to have to get her legged up. Okay, now I'll go out there and I'll ride her. We'll, we'll lope some circles. We'll, we'll do some dragging, you know, uh, probably, you know, work on, you know, keeping that rope tight and get faced up. And basically, it's just saying getting prepared, okay? You know, you don't just pull a horse out of the pasture and go drag 100 calves at a branding when you hadn't ridden your horse in eight months. And unfortunately, a lot of people try to do that. And then they get out there and they wonder why they're not prepared. They wonder why their horse is not performing like it should. I mean, to get legged up, you have to condition your horse to the job he will do if you want him to perform well and do the job without injury to himself or to you. And we need to prepare ourselves and our horses. This is what getting legged up means. We prepare our horses and ourselves mentally, physically, and spiritually. Now, I try to talk to Fiona about Jesus all the time, but she's a tough nut to crack. I mean, she's got some hatred in her heart, and we're, I mean, I preach to her all the time, and boy, you want to talk about, you know, trying to reach the lost, that's my gray, that's my gray mare, so. Anyway, Genesis chapter 12, Genesis chapter 12, we're going to be, in this four parts here, we're going to be a, doing a study of Abram, or 
as we will see down the line, his name is changed by God to Abraham. Okay? So, uh, in Genesis chapter 12, the Lord said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who treat you with contempt, and all the families on this earth will be blessed through you. Let me read that one more time, but I want you to know that maybe not exactly the same way, but this is a promise of the Bible because God wants to use you in the same way. What if God was talking to you and the Lord said to you, leave your native country, leave Texas, leave your relatives and your family ranch and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt, and all the families on earth will be blessed through you. God wants that same thing for your life. Maybe not, maybe not those exact details, but God wants to use you in just as mighty ways. The same God that lives in your heart right now is the same God that's talking to Abram right here. It's not two different people. The same God that speaks to you is the same God that was speaking to Abram. The same God that wanted that for his kid, Abram, wants that for you who are his kid. But you know what? All of those promises right there, they haven't happened yet to him at this moment. They haven't happened yet. Abram needed to get legged up before that fantastic future would be revealed. What will happen to Abram to get that fantastic future? Well, the very first thing, step one, is you have to leave all you know. Country, relatives, family, ranch. You might even have to hang out with, with, with people from Montana. I mean, it's crazy. You have got to get out of your comfort zone. Okay? You have to get out of your comfort zone. And this is step one to getting legged up for a fantastic future. In verse 4 of Genesis chapter 12. So Abram departed. As the Lord had instructed, and his nephew Lot went with him, Abram was 75 years old. Wow. I mean, you know, he, he wasn't in his, in his 30s. He wasn't in his 40s. I mean, he was nearly as old as Steve Vaughn is. <laughs> you didn't know it was his happy birthday, Steve. <laughs> I was waiting all, all day for that. Right there, that right there. So, uh, anyway, so, Gary, you're off the hook now. Steve, it, 2017 is Steve's year. So, uh <laughs> oh, is he? Is he? Well, we'll, we'll lay off. It's a new year. <laughs> you have to get out of your comfort zone. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed. The Lord said, here is what I want for you. Here's what I want. You're going to have to go here in order to get it. And it's not necessarily, although his was a physical location, ours is more of a spiritual location. It may be a physical location for some of us, kind of like our, our orphanage in, in Mexico. I mean, God told them, leave your country and go down there. Our, our missionaries in, in Guatemala, God told them, leave your native country and go down there. And God is blessing them, all blessing their families so Abram departed as the Lord instructed, and Lot went with him, and Abram was 75 years old. There's three things 
that we can learn from this verse about getting legged up for a fantastic future and how to get out of your comfort zone. You know, uh, for, for several years, I mean nearly full time, uh, I, I, I started cults. Now, I, don't, don't get me wrong, I, I am not a horse trainer. I am not a horse trainer at all. When I say I started colts, about the equivalent of my, of my stuff was, you know, when I gave you the horse back after 30 days, you could saddle it, you, you could put a snaffle bit in its mouth, you'd stand still when you got on, and it would turn to the left, it'd turn to the right, it'd back up, and it may not buck you off, okay? That's about, you kind of get what you pay for. I was really cheap. And so um, let, let me tell you kind of how, I'm not going to say that this actually happened because th this is just kind of, of kind of a conglomeration of everything that ever happened whenever I was working those cults. A guy named Ralph Hager was, was kind of my mentor in this area. And I would go out to his place to start these cults. And we'd get them in the round pen and get them saddled up. And sometimes we'd tie a leg up because, I mean, you know, I, Ray Hunt, I didn't know who Ray Hunt was. I thought he was that dude that made tomato sauce, okay? I didn't know the, the, these fancy horsemanship type stuff. We just got out there and we just did it, you know? I mean, if, the, if it went well, it went well. And sometimes it didn't go well, you know? And I'm not going to say that that's the best way. We always treated them with as much kindness as we could, but we got the job done. And so, you know, we'd get in there and get them saddled up and then kind of get them going in the round pen. And the round pen was kind of a real safe place. They can't get going very fast in the round pen. And, you know, it, it, even if they buck, you know, they, they can't get a, a big old head of steam because I, I rode in about a four-foot round pen. And uh, not really, not really. I, I just started them in that pen. And um, anyway, so I'd get them going, and, and you kind of got comfortable in the round pen. And, and ever so often, you know, I, I'd kind of start to feel it coming. You know, you'd start loping in the round pens. You know, you kind of stopping them a little bit. And, you know, I wasn't I wouldn't like those uh most people don't, you know, they, they try to get that horse to slide to a stop on the, you know, throw those 11s down in the dirt. Mine was always, you know, like colons, you know, bounce on the front feet. I'm really good at it. If you need your horse to stop like that, you let me know. Um, anyway, it'll make you a lot better rider. And so, uh, anyway, you know, you get them going in the round pen, you'd be real comfortable. Things would be going good. And, and, and Ralph, would, Ralph would say, you ready to go outside? And I'd say, well, no, and I'd come around and the round pin gate would be open. And there you'd go. And it doesn't matter how good they were going in that round pin. When you go outside for the first time, it is a brand new ball game. No longer are you confined. And I've seen horses that just blew up in the round pen and you get them outside and they just travel off real nice. And I've seen others that was like a little kitten in the round pen, and you get them outside, and they're like a Tyrannosaurus Rex. You know, you just never know what's going to happen. And so, anyway, Ralph would tell me, he's like, you ready, to, uh, you ready to get out of the round pen? And I, no. <laughs> and he just opened the gate. It was not really a question. Ralph never really asked me questions. It was more of a, on this next time around, the gate's going to be open, you're going to fly outside. And so, anyway, uh, he would always go with me. He'd be riding along. And, and he was always great about getting me out of my comfort zone without ever leaving. You know what I mean? It wasn't ever one of these things where he's just saying, well, you just go do that. You know, he, he would be riding with me, and one of the things that he would always tell me is, is, come on, relax. He said, you're making that horse scared. Because when you ride like this, the horse is like, 
there must be a bear around here, right? And he'd always tell me, come on, relax. And it's amazing how when you relax, your horse relaxes, and he can buck you off easier. And, and No, not really. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. You know, and, but, but he would always tell me, hey, quit being so nervous. I'm right here. If something happens, I'll watch you get bucked off, and I'll tell you exactly what happened. You know, and no, he, he was really good about it. If something ever did happen, he could, he could get stuff shut down, you know, and having that extra horse right there with with the other one was a source of comfort. He would tell me, don't be nervous. He'd tell me, I'm right here. And he'd say, enjoy. Enjoy the unknown. It's your first time out. That, that feeling you have inside of you, grasp onto that. Don't be scared of it. Go with it. Don't fight it. Many times I told him that when he opened that gate, I told him I was too young to die, and he told me that, I was, that, was, that was not right, that I was the perfect age for dying. That was one of his favorite quotes. <laughs> I'm too young to die. Now, you're the perfect age for dying. Let's go. Always, always pushing you out of your comfort zone. If you want to get legged up for God and what he has in store for you, then you need to get out of the round pen. You need to get out of your comfort zone. And you are going to have to travel. If you want that fantastic future that God has in planned in store for you, he has it in store for you. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for good, not for evil. Plans for prosper. He wants to raise you up, people. But most of you, man, you're staring at that gate that's thrown wide open in the round pen, and you're going, uh-uh, uh-uh. That ain't happening. Bless me right here, God. And God's just like, I'm not going to, I mean, I'll bless you just, you know, you're going to go to heaven. There are so many Christians, and this isn't a salvation message. There are so many Christians that are going to be going to heaven but miss out on so many blessings because they never get out of their comfort zones. They just stand there afraid. They just get locked up. Here are seven things that you need to realize about comfort zones. Number one. Comfort zones are no-grow zones, okay? Comfort zones are no-grow zones. You can stay there. You can stay there till the day you die, but you're not going to grow there. You're not. Where you're at, this is the best it's going to be. And if you're satisfied with with this, and God's going, man, all you got to do is step outside this gate. Go with me. Let, Let me show you what I have planned for you. Number two, comfort zones are ordinary, but God has called you to be extraordinary. See, comfort zones are ordinary. We just, you know, we're just like everybody else, but God says, I don't want you to be like everybody else. I don't want you to be ordinary. I want you to be extraordinary. And I want you to be extraordinary, not for your glory, but for mine, because I want to shine so brightly through you that people will come up to you and go, what in the world is it about you? And I don't know what it is, but I want that. And then you'll be able to tell them. I was, given a, I was given a book by some friends of mine on a devotional that the manager of the Bell Ranch in uh, New Mexico, he passed away from cancer early or late in the year, not, not very long ago, but he wrote a devotional called I'll Drop You Off. And one of the devotions says, oh, you're, you're, you're worried about talking to your buddy about Jesus, but you're willing to let him burn in hell? Man, see, God wants you to be extraordinary. He wants to use you in ways. He, not only does he want to save you, he wants to save others through you. He wants you to be extraordinary. Number three, comfort zones 
are controllable. See, and that, that's what we want, isn't it? We spend billions of dollars to be, to be comfortable and in control. You know, we, we build our little, our little round pins, and, and we like that because we know exactly what's going to happen. Comfort zones are controllable, but you cannot control God or his plan. What's that old saying? You know, you want to hear God laugh telling your plans? Man, I, you know what I had planned? We, we had three sections in, in West Texas, and it wasn't much, but that's where my, my granddaddy was. That's where my daddy was raised. That's where I was going to raise my kids. I had it all planned out, making six figures. Had a plane come get me for work. <laughs> I had, boo, hoo, hoo. I had it good. And God said, that's a nice plan you come up with. You're doing pretty well, ain't you? I was like, yes, sir. <laughs> Thank you for that. He said, you want to trade it all away from my plans? Like, this is a trick question. <laughs> Man, I'm so glad we, that I did. So glad that I did. Comfort zones are a no-grow zone. Comfort zones are ordinary. Comfort zones are controllable. Comfort zones are repeatable. Man, you know what? When you get out of your comfort zone... What's the worst that could happen? You know what I think the worst thing in the world that could happen is that it would stay the same. I don't, you know what? Although I thank God and I'm thankful for every blessing he has given me and my family, I want more because I want to reach more people for his glory. And I'm not, necess- I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about God's blessing. I want him to lay that blessing on me that cannot be contained, that will be overflowing. And he wants the same for you. But comfort zones are repeatable. Man, you're gonna, if you keep doing the same thing you've been doing, you're going to keep getting the same thing that you got right now. And I want every single one of us to grow, to get out of that round pen and go together. Let's go reach people. Let's be blessed. Let's go. Number five. Comfort zones are not scary. Comfort zones are, you know, they're, they're, they're not, I, I don't even know what the other, I don't know what the opposite of not scary is. They're fluffy, I guess, or something like that, you know? You know, we, we see that wide open gate and we're like, man, I don't know what's out there. So we, so we stay. But God wants to call us into the unknown. God wants to call you out of the boat to walk on water. How many of us, you want to talk about getting out of your comfort zone? Let's be that, let's have that type of faith to step out. Number six, comfort zones are simple. Man, you know what to expect. You got all your ducks in a row. I don't even have ducks anymore. They're they're gone, okay? You know, we all want that nice, controllable, simple life where we know what to expect. And, you know, man, that's so ordinary and that's so repeatable. And you're not growing. And and I've been there while I'm not growing. And, and, And in 2017, I want that to be different. I want it to be different for you. I want to ride with you on your journey. And I want you to ride with me on mine. And I want us to all ride together and go places that we never even dreamed was possible. And number seven, comfort zones are safe. We may think we like safe, but you know what? Your soul was born for adventure. Your soul was born for adventure. And you cowboys, you're going to know what I'm talking about right now. Man, the, we, we know what can happen when you're flying out across the pasture to, you know, 850-pound yearling that needs to be doctored. And, I mean, you are just at full stupid. You know what I mean? You're just, you know what can happen. 
You've heard horror stories. There's that badger hole. And you know they're out there. But you know what? It's that adventure that you just long for. And you, I just got to do it. Well, our, that's, that's our spirit talking to us. God says, man, go faster. Go out on a limb. Trust in me. I'll use you. You were born for adventure, not monotony. Come with me. Comfort zones are no-grow zones. Comfort zones are ordinary, controllable, repeatable, fluffy, simple, and safe. And you know what? That's how most of us have been living our entire lives. But that ain't who God wants you to be. That ain't who God wants you to be. And if you want to get legged up for a fantastic future, the very first step is you're going to have to get out of that. You're going to have to step out of that comfort zone, just like Abram did for the very first time. Here's three things that we can learn about that verse. Where So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him, and Abram was 75 years old. Three things that we can learn from that verse about stepping out of our comfort zones. Number one, you are never going to be ready to depart. You may be saying, man, Kevin, I hear what you're saying, man. I, whew, yes, let well, let me get some stuff ready first. <laughs> it, it, it's, you're never going to be ready. You're never going to be ready. God is calling you today just like he did with Abram back then. And when he told him, Abram departed as the Lord instructed because Abram told, or God told him, he said, uh, the Lord said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. You're never going to be ready for that. You're just going to have to do it. And you know when the best time to do it is? Today. You know when you will never do it? Tomorrow. You'll never leave tomorrow. You can only leave today. Number two, you don't have to know every detail. He's not going to say, all right, listen up here. Come here. We're going to go out this gate, and then we're going to head down here. And then we're going to go down by the creek, and we're going to ride in that little small sand to, you know, kind of get everything going, and then we're going to go over this hill, and then we're going to check on some cows. He's not going to tell you a stinking thing. He's just going to say, just go with me. You don't worry about anything else. You go where I tell you to go. And then you know what he says? I'm going to ride with you. He's going to tell you, and just relax. He's going to tell you, don't be nervous. You're going out into strange country. You, you, you don't have the foggiest idea what you're doing or where you're going or what's going to happen, but it's okay because I do, and I'm going to be right there with you. Every single step of the way. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And number three, three things that we can learn from Genesis chapter 4. Or Genesis chapter 12 verse 4. Number one, you'll never be ready. But when God says depart, you need to depart out that open gate. Number two, you won't know every detail. And he's not going to tell you every detail. If you're waiting on that, you're just going to keep waiting. Keep getting what you've been getting. And number three. God doesn't care how old or how young you are. He cares how willing you are. If you don't think that God can use you at the age you are right now, you are doubting God himself. You are saying the, the God that hung one billion, billion, billion stars in the sky and ignited every single one of them with a thought can't use you because he's not powerful enough. That's what, he, that's what you're saying. You're never going to be ready to get out of your comfort zone. He's not going to tell you every single detail. And it doesn't matter how old you are. You can be 75, or you can be 17, or you can be 7. God wants you, but he's not going to share. Okay, That's the trick. He's not going to share you with the world. 
He's going to share himself with the world through you. But you can't, you can't just keep doing things the way the world does and follow God. You've got to make the choice. The world's going to tell you, let us control you. Let us, we want you to be ineffective. We don't want you to be adventurous. We want you to stay in that round pen. We want you to be safe. We want you to be comfortable. We want things to be convenient for you. You know, we, we want you to be warm whenever it's cold and cold whenever it's hot. And everything's just going to be peachy king. That's what the world says. And that's what we have jobs and money for. And you'll never be hungry. And we want everything. And God says, no, you don't need any of that. You need me. And I'm out here. Come on, let's go. You ready? Not really. Come on anyway. Let's go. Let's go. You're not going to be ready. You're not too young. You're not too old. You are here for a reason. And God is not having me just stand up here and I'm not preaching a sermon. God is speaking through me to you. Not to the person sitting beside you. Not to the person behind you. Not, not to the person that's also watching online or listening on the podcast. He's speaking to you. It's time to go. And let's go now to God in prayer. God, we have... Come to worship you today. There are no better days than today to make that decision to ride for you instead of ourselves. God, throw that gate wide open and go with us as we get out of our comfort zones and head off into the unknown to claim that fantastic future that you have for all of us. And it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Hey, Cowboys and Cowgirls, we're super excited to be giving away a chance at a brand new one-of-a-kind custom Save the Cowboy jacket. It's our way of saying thank you to all of our recurring gift givers. To enter, simply go to savethecowboy.com and click on Donate and set up a recurring gift of any amount. You can even enter by texting Save the Cowboy to 77977 and you can be set up in less than a minute. Remember, this is only for recurring gifts. You will receive one entry for every $10, so a gift of $50 will get you five chances and $100 will get you 10. Drawing will be held on March 1st, 2017. For Save the Cowboy, this is Kevin Weatherby. I'll see you next time.